Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Meyer, a doctor of physical therapy committed to helping people live healthfully, joyfully, and push past even their own expectations for their life. It is my pleasure to have Casey with me today. She is a three-time cancer survivor. She's an author. She's a cancer survivorship coach. She's a certified yoga instructor, a personal trainer, and just a fantastic human being. So I'm so excited to talk to Casey and hear more about her journey. So welcome, Casey. Hey, Gina. How are you? (laughs) Doing great. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I'm so excited to talk more about um, your amazing perseverance and your life. But before we do that, if you would be so kind as to give the listeners a little more background on you and who you are. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to share my story. Um, I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, I grew up playing sports my entire life. My Dad is a high school uh, varsity basketball coach still to this day. Um, So we were always outdoors as much as we possibly could. Uh, Played three sports in high school, played two years of collegiate tennis, and then realized that I would never make it to (laughs) the big, you know, to be a professional. So I decided to graduate on time and um, go out into the real world. And then uh, I met my husband, got married, lived in Chicago, and then at 31 years old, got diagnosed with cancer out of nowhere. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then obviously it was a long journey um, having survived it three times. And we're going to get into that in a few minutes because I can't imagine Mm -hmm. what you went through, Casey. Um, But before we do that, I want to open the conversation a little bit about some of the recent events that have been going on in our in our country and um, the push for equality and love and acceptance. And um, what I really want to put out there is a variety of perspectives from a variety of of people, because I think when our perspective grows, our ability to love and understand also grows. It's a catalyst for growth. So along those lines, if you would share with us a little bit of your perspective and your background, um, that would be great. Absolutely. I agree. I think education uh, is really going to be the fundamental building block going forward for everyone, um, especially the younger generations. Um, So me personally, uh, I'm half Japanese and half white. Um, I'm 50% Japanese and then 50% Dutch, Polish, and German. And my Japanese grandmother and grandfather both were internment camps when they were young. And so I've always experienced world the world from a different lens because I never really fit in a box. Um, being half of half white and half Japanese on standardized testing and things like that, I never knew what to check. And so when you never fit in, you don't really see things the same way as everyone else. Right. And you know, my dad experienced racism to a varying degree, as well as myself, because I don't look like I'm Asian at all. Most people see what they want to see. And so as a result, people will say very inappropriate things to me as far as other people not understanding that I'm not them. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. And I find this to be so interesting. You were sharing this with me before we started taping. I mean, regardless of who you are, people shouldn't be saying this stuff anyway. You know, I mean, people need to really reflect on the words they're putting out there and the way that they're thinking and, and really do a self-assessment of, um, you know, where they fall in their view of humanity and how they really want to, you know, put themselves out there in the world and how they really want to think. So, um, yeah, I think regardless of who, how you look, they shouldn't say those things in the first place. And so, um, but putting this out to all the listeners, just be aware that there are a lot of things going on with people that you may never know anything, you might not know anything about. So um, making sure that you're checking yourself and that you're, you're growing in your knowledge base and your understanding. Um, anything else to add there, Casey? I agree. I think when, when we start to assume things about others, that's where we get in trouble. Right. And just always having an open mind and an open heart to what somebody else could be experiencing or who they are and not assuming who they are is, is going to be fundamental going forward. Right. Absolutely. Excellent insight. Um, all right, let's move a little bit into the discussion of, of what you've gone through and how you made it through and some of the details on that that you'd be, if you'd be willing to share um, for others, Casey. So tell us about getting diagnosed and some of the treat, the treatment you went through and. Okay. So I'm going to give you the abridged version. <laughs> yes. Um, because for time's sake. Uh, so at 31 years old on uh, February 14th, 2014, I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. I went from going to work that morning to being hospitalized that night uh, wow. for the next for the next 30 days. Wow. And so treatment started immediately. Um, I was so sick and uh, that I, they didn't even give me an opportunity to do fer- fertility preservation. Um, they just started chemo like as soon as they confirmed it with a bone marrow biopsy. So I started treatment and then three months into treatment, I approximately, I had a stroke as a result from the chemotherapy. Um, So not only did I have, I was temporarily paralyzed on my left side. So I had to relearn how to eat, walk, talk, but also go through chemotherapy at the same time because I hadn't yet reached remission. So- Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's, it's, it's something. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I spent the next uh, eight weeks going to physical therapy for three hours, five days a week, every single week, as well as getting treatment done as well. And so you can assume I was physically, emotionally, and mentally exhausted on every level. Um, after that, I slowly learned how to reuse everything. Um I, I just wanted normal again. And so I went back to work, obviously way too early. I still hadn't even re- reached remission, but you know, I soldiered on because I didn't know what else to do mm-hmm. and ended up um, finishing treatment. Then uh, almost a year later, the protocol I was on was about approximately two years of treatment total of chemotherapy. Um, I think that total in total, there were 12 different chemotherapies that I was given. Um, and then seven weeks after that, I relapsed for the second time. Uh, and I was immediately hospitalized. Um, at this point, they realized I had become chemo resistant. So what they were doing with chemotherapy wasn't working. And um, so we tried an immunotherapy. The immunotherapy sent me right back into the hospital. 
um, I was, it basically created a, a cytokine release storm in my body and brain, which basically means like your entire body shuts down. Wow. So I, for about three days straight, I was spiking 105 to 110 degree fevers. And they were about to put me in the ICU. And somehow I begged and convinced them not to put me in the ICU again, because it's extremely, um, it's really, it's worse than being just on the uh, cancer patient floor, um, in my opinion. Um, right. So they allowed me somehow to stay. And eventually my fever did break um, as a result. But since I had become chemo resistant and the uh, immunotherapy they had wasn't working. There was a clinical trial at the time going on. And so they were like, well, let's put you on that. And I said, okay, sounds great. I did all the tests to be on this cl clinical trial, which is, uh, it's exhausting and brutal. Um, you get tested for everything and anything and any scan or anything that you could possibly imagine I've done. And so I was about to go on th this clinical trial and it got shut down because unfortunately two people on the floor that I was on passed away as a result of it. So they wow. shut the entire uh, trial down. Wow. So then I, yeah. And so then the other clinical trial that I was going to go on at a different hospital was full. So I basically was out of options at this point. Um, the doctors didn't really know where to send me because there wasn't anything else going on. Um, and so I spent approximately 62 days in the hospital, not really understanding or knowing what was next. They said, even though I was chemo resistant, they were like, well, let's give you another round of chemo. It can't hurt you at this point. It can only help. Obviously that didn't work. So at, after about 60 days, I was like, can I just go home at least? Like, I know that I'll have to come back probably every day for blood and platelets and other things. I'm like, but I can't like me sitting here and with no exit date isn't helping my mental state. So yeah. they, and how was your mental state? I mean, I can imagine you were totally just so exhausted. And how did you find that even the will to carry on? Um, I focused on really what I could do in my day. So I really focused on, okay, get up, exercise, and get out of my room, not sit in bed all day, really focus on the things that I could do, the little things, like yeah. um, not laying in bed all day, actually leaving, getting up, having a routine, creating a routine and having it every single day. Um, because so often we are so not in control, like you have to ask when to shower because they have to help you with your lines and all these things. So focusing on the things that I could control absolutely was so helpful in those 62 days of being so isolated away from everyone. Yeah, I think and, that's great insight and great advice for people who are going through, you know, whatever it is, whether it's cancer or something else. That's, that's really absolutely. good insight. Um, okay, so lead us focus. forward from there. So after this, after you, did they let you go home? Yeah, so they did let me go home. And at the time, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Conference for doctors had just let out and they were like, well, there is this one drug that may or may not help. We don't know. Here's the study. The study was literally 114 people. 11 of those people had the disease, acute lymphoblastic leukemia that I had. The results weren't great. Like three of them, it did nothing. And I think the other two, it didn't, it helped, but they had, it was, it didn't really do what they had intended. So I was like, 
I don't really have anything to lose at this point. Sure, let's do it. So we wrote a letter of compassion to the FDA and to the drug manufacturer to allow me to, to use it because they didn't have the data to support it through insurance or anything like that. So we basically waited. So I waited another two months and finally they, the drug manufacturer approved it. And I was like, okay, step one done. And then we waited and I think it was another three weeks. The FDA was like, yes, do it. Because at that point they've got nothing to lose and neither do I. Right. So the goal was to get to remission so I can get a stem cell transplant. So I took the drug. It actually worked with wow. minimal side effects, which Unreal. is, I know, yeah. I know. So then immediately they were like, okay, we're going to, we're, we're getting you to transplant as soon as possible. So two weeks later, I was back in the hospital for another 32 days for my transplant. I underwent more chemotherapy, even though it didn't matter, um, radiation. And then I had my transplant. My brother is my donor. And thankfully, he, along with my medical team, saved my life. Um, wow. Fast forward six months later, I relapsed again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and at this point, they were like, well, we can give you another transplant. And obviously, it's starting from scratch again. Or we can try the immunotherapy again and see if that works. And I said, well, obviously, the immunotherapy was the least evasive of the two procedures. So I opted for that. And I said, well, worst case, we just do stem cell again. And since then, I've been in remission. So it's been almost, um, I'm coming up on, it'll be three years at the end of October. Wow. For remission. Yeah. Just an unreal story. I mean, crazy. Um, So in terms of getting through it, I know that you focus on the things that you could do. Did you really have to work to develop your inner strength too, Casey? Or did you feel like you already kind of, it was in there and you just had to access it as you were going through all of this? I think a part of you, I think a part of everyone has it. And, um, but I, there were definitely times and days where you had to dig so much deeper. I had to really go within and say, after that third time of hearing your cancer's back, I had to, I took a moment and really had to dig deep and say, why am I doing this? Because, sorry, at that point, I wasn't doing it for me. I just thought about like all the team around me that supported like my husband and my dad. And I was like, I can't give up now. Like I can't get this far to let them down and not fight harder. Oh my gosh. So at that point you were thinking of others. Not yourself. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about me. Like I had made peace with the fact of like everything and was okay with it. But I just looked at like my husband and my father and I was like, I can't let them down. Like I couldn't. <laughs> so yeah. they really like their, just them and their support really like propped me up that last time and said, and, and gave me like the strength to, and lean on them, just not even like for support, just to know that they had my back so, so much that like I couldn't let them down. Yeah, that's so powerful um, and so incredible that they were able to motivate you in that way. Um, if there's anyone who's going through cancer treatment or some other really difficult struggle in their life, Casey, 
Is there anything you wish that you would have known at the time as you're going through this or any knowledge that you could pass on for someone at the beginning of their journey as they're struggling to to kind of navigate and answer, you know, why they're they're doing this, why they're going through these hard, hard times? Absolutely. Um, that we are so much stronger and more resilient than we even give ourselves credit for. And there is a deeper level that we can access for inner strength that that most of us don't even don't even scratch the surface. We as humans, individuals, like there is a different level when you need it, it's there. And you just have to have to dig into it. And hopefully no one ever needs it, but it's there. Yeah, I love that. I love that descriptor that there's just this different level of strength that we can access when we need it. We just have to call on it. That it's mm-hmm. in there. I think that's incredible. And I think it's very empowering for people who think that they're at the end of their rope. Um, and then somehow the strength comes um, at the yeah. moment that you want to give up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I think that you have an incredible story. And I know that you have now taken your journey and, and turned it into something positive to for others. And so we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, I just want to talk a little bit um, briefly about this pandemic. We've also been through so many struggles um, in our world in the last few months um, and how you've navigated through and, you know, sort of rolled with the changes and the new normal and the strategies that you've used, Casey. So um, definitely having a routine will help tremendously. And even if it's creating a new routine around obviously working from home or something like that is fundamentally key. Um, Having a routine gives your brain something to focus on. So it knows every single day when you wake up, I have this X, Y, Z to do first. Then I do this, then I do that. It immediately lowers your anxiety. So it doesn't even, doesn't even come out because you're, you're on autopilot, you know what you're supposed to do. So I think that that's really helpful. And also just focus on what you can control in your day and not focus on, on the things we can't do. Um, And really understanding that this, what you're doing, your sacrifice is, is a, um, is self-compassion, not only toward yourself, but to others who can't help but be immunocompromised or um, in a position where they can't fight. That's right. Yeah. And that's really important to remember too, as we're going through Mm this. Um, I love those pieces of advice. Very powerful. Um, So let's talk a little bit about what you do now and tell people how they can find you. Um, Obviously, you've been through a ton (laughs) and you've survived (laughs) cancer three times. So I think what you're doing is freaking awesome. So tell people, tell people about, um, what you, what you offer and how you're helping others with cancer. Thank you. Um, so I am a cancer survivorship coach. I built a program, basically how you can navigate, um, through after treatment, how you can basically put your, put the, put your pieces back together of your life. Um, because so much of it is, changed as a result, your perspective, your body, um, you know, uh, your emotional state, just all of it is so shifted. Um, and putting those pieces back together is really challenging. So I built a program for women that to really help them thrive because can going through cancer is hard, but trying to figure out this new normal 
sometimes it's just as challenging, if not harder, um, because people just want you to go back to normal, but you can't just Life is fall back into place. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, so how can they find that if they, if, if people are interested in finding out more, how can they find that information, Casey? Um, they are, I am on Instagram and Facebook. It's at the happier hustle. I also have a website, www.thehappierhustle.com. Um, feel free to reach out with me. I love engaging on those platforms and I'm more than happy to have chats or discussions or anything like that. Wonderful. And this is just another way we can connect to each other, um, you know, in our journeys and ease the burden and, um, help each other through. So I just, I love that all. Um, before I do a little positivity push, it's kind of a rapid fire at the end here. I want to give you the opportunity. Are there any other um, final positive vibes that you had on your mind that you want to get out there in the world before we close? Um, just be compassionate towards others. You never know what somebody is truly going through. Yeah, agreed. Perfectly. Well said. Um, okay, positivity push. So you're just going to say whatever comes to your mind. I have a couple okay. quick little things. Surprise. <laughs> so here we go. Um, should be pretty easy, though. Okay, so Casey, a few simple things that bring you joy. Um, exercise. Um, yoga. And... I would say, gosh, I don't know. Um, uh, it's okay. We can leave it at that. I'm guessing, uh, I'm, I'm guessing maybe dogs too, since you're a prospective oh, dog yes. owner, right? I know. I'm so as a stem cell transplant recipient, I'm no, I used to be allergic to dogs, but you take on your donor's allergies. I'm no longer allergic to dogs. Oh my gosh. So, How crazy like, is that? I'm, that's awesome. So I love yeah, that. So you can include that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dogs too. Um, all right. So you're going to finish this sentence and this is kind of going out there as encouragement to all of our listeners. Okay. okay. So it's okay. never forget and you can take your time. Never forget. That we are not alone in this journey, even though sometimes it feels like it. Yeah. Very true. And so the last one, and you're going to finish it again, it's going out to all the listeners, finish the sentence, you can. You can do so much more than you think you can if you just believe that you can. Yes, I know. And like you said, we are so much stronger and more resilient than we realize. And when mm -hmm. we're faced with a situation that calls us to be strong on a, on a in a way that we, you know, hadn't anticipated, we all have the power to access that yes. different level of strength, right? That's in there. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that you, you have done that to make it as far as you've made it. And I just, I'm, I'm so grateful that you came on to talk to us today. And I know that your story is going to touch others. So thank you so much, Casey, for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. Absolutely. And we will stay in touch for sure. And listeners, thank you for being with us. Um, we're wishing you strength and we're wishing you um, inspiration during this time. And we also know that connected, we can rise. When you fall.